Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged. This is Josh Wander from Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. I'm here with my co-host, Rabbi Moshe Lechman of Beit Shemesh. Yes, hello, hello. We missed you all. It's been a really uh, a while since we've had a show. Uh, we had some uh, technical problems of uh, figuring out when exactly we're going to do the show, but we're probably going to be changing. We'll let you know probably be changing days it'll probably always be on thursdays now instead of mondays but uh hopefully we're back now for good great so we are back with you and uh, of course this is israel unplugged this is where you get the unadulterated facts of where we're holding in the redemptive process we're still focusing primarily on the ingathering of the exiles no spin no twist just the facts on the ground uh, we are a live show so we encourage people to call in with their comments and uh, their suggestions. Uh, if you are fortunate enough to be here in Eretz Israel, then we suggest that you call in through the Israeli number 02-650-0151. That's 02-650-0151. And if you are unfortunately still on in America, or as the way I always put it is, on, on the way to the airport, then you can still call us, but on a on a North American number at 301-768-4841, 301-768-4841. We would love to hear from you. Today's show, we're going to be speaking about uh, aliyah shaming, the idea that uh, it is not right to shame people that are in, in chutzlars, that are outside the land, to try to encourage them to come home uh, better off to do it in more subtle ways that we should just uh, hint to them that this is a good place to be, but not be in so much in their face. Now, of course, those that know me, I, I can't speak for my co-host, but those that know me know that I'm all about being in one's face when it comes to this, because I think that this is such an important issue in our day and age to the point where I have compared, and I do not back down from this comparison, I, I have compared this to 1938 Europe. I believe that Jews around the world are in danger. Of course, and again, we stress all the time that this is not the reason why you should come home. There are so many good reasons to come back to Israel, but Jews are in danger, and therefore I feel it an imperative today to do whatever we can to warn the Jews around the world that it is time to come home now uh, before it is too late. Uh, we are going to be discussing a specific article, and I'm going to let Rabbi Lichtman take over from here to discuss that article. Right, right. Uh, so the reason we're talking about this is because a very, very dear Talmud, a student of mine, Rabbi Uri Pelachowski, um, published an article. Uh, Josh, do you remember what? Uh, where was it? It was in uh, Times of Israel or... I believe it Jewish, was. Jewish Press? What, what was Jewish it? Jewish Press. It might have been syndicated in Jewish Press. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember, right? And um, before before I even start, I have to just say off the bat that I love Rory Pilachowski like a son and like a brother. 
we we have a very long relationship and nothing will will uh, harm that relationship um but that doesn't mean that i agree with everything that he that he wrote in this article and that's what we're going to discuss and i'm going to try my hardest to do it in a very amiable and uh, respectful way um the name of the article i would like to add also that i love <laughs> yeah. him as well but not as a brother and not as a son <laughs> i would say, i would say more as a jew i love him because you we rabbi Kana used to always say that you have to love your fellow jew but you don't have to like him we, i love him as a, <laughs> as a fellow jew but again that doesn't mean that i agree with what he says and often we we are on different sides of the political spectrum and we have different ways of looking at things, but uh, I'm more than happy to. Ha- We've had him on in the past on our show, and we're more than Correct. more than happy to have him on in the future. Correct, and even to uh, to respond to what we're going to say today. So the name of the article is "Stop Aliyah Shaming American Jews," um, and you know I would say half of the article, or probably a little bit less than that, about a third or a third of the article. I agree with 100%. I I definitely agree that it is um, counterproductive to shame somebody for not making Aliyah and to try to make fun of him, etc. It's not going to work. People don't change when you you, uh, embarrass them. And you say well, that that they're that they're terrible, evil Jews. They're, they're not going to listen. And there is no question that this article needed to be written, and that idea needed to be written, and that people who have made Aliyah um, shouldn't consider themselves better than others, and shouldn't look down on others, and you know shame them for not making Aliyah. That part I agree with, Ravuri. You're 100 percent correct. The problem is that weaved into the article are some statements, some um, ideas that are, I think, very problematic. And if anything, and he himself says, there's no question we should live in Israel and it's uh, the best place to be and for all the positive reasons. But then he goes on to, to basically give ammunition to those who don't want to make Aliyah, saying that it's not a mitzvah and it's it's not, you know, again, it's certainly not, not one of the most important mitzvot and there's nothing wrong with living outside. Then then we're defeating the purpose. Then no one's going to make, why would anybody want to make Aliyah? Just because I think, it's nice I think we have to add, I think we have to add, because people don't know, that may not know him, no, they, we should add that his position is the director of education for the Nefesh Benefesh, which is the organization that is involved with Aliyah for North America here in Israel. So that gives him a completely different platform than just your average rabbi in the street over here. Right. So, so, so on the one hand, it shows that he certainly believes in the importance of living in Israel. He's he's trying to educate people on the importance of living here. But on the other hand, uh, it, it, it's it's a position that you have to be very careful because if the person who's in charge of uh, of education in nefesh benefesh is saying that. It's really you don't really don't have to live in Israel. It's just uh, you know a nice thing. You should. It's it's a great thing to be part of history, etc. All the things that he said, which we're going to go through. Um, it, it, you know what? People who don't want to make Aliyah are looking for these kind of excuses. They're looking for reasons why not to make Aliyah. 
Um, I always say this about uh, the the topic of whether it's, and we're going to get into this, about whether it's a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. So when I teach it in my year-long course, I teach it towards the end of the year. And and people ask, like, why? Why, should you, why shouldn't you teach it to, at the very beginning, whether it's a mitzvah or not? And I always say, because I first want people to realize how important it is to live in Israel so that when we get to the discussion about whether it's a mitzvah or not technically halachically um, and there are those opinions that say that it's not especially Rav Moshe Feinstein that everyone knows about and they're going to use that as an excuse I don't want to hear anything else you have to say Rav Moshe says I don't have to make aliyah and therefore don't even talk to me that's why I first want to talk to you about how how important it is. And then later on, we get to the to the tshuva, we get to the responsa of Rav Moshe, then we can discuss it. Then you're going to be open to understanding, to listening, that even though he says what he says, there still is very compelling reasons to make Aliyah from a halachic perspective. So I think that the problem is that people are looking for things like this that he's that he said, and I, and I think therefore that's why I feel very very strongly, and I felt this for weeks <laughs> since the last show, since I saw this article that we must must say something about it. We must um, respond to this article. So let's so let's um, go straight into it. He says as follows. He says, thankfully, I am now living the dream in Israel. He said he made Aliyah with his family. Then he says the Talmud instructs a person, uh, instructs as follows. A person should always live in Eretz Israel. And then he says, even the Rambam, the sole Rishon, the sole early Talmudic scholar, uh, who maintains living in Israel isn't a mitzvah quotes that same passage from the Talmud and he's trying to show that even the Rambam who holds it is not a mitzvah, and by the way he's the only Rishon who holds it's not a mitzvah but even he quotes that statement in the Gemara that says, in the Talmud, that says that a person should always live in, in the land of Israel, which is, you think okay, that's great, that's amazing, he's trying to show that even those who don't hold that it, it's a mitzvah to me that rubs me so the wrong way because it, you're, you're you're putting so much a rabbinic literature about that exact topic, whether the Rambam holds it's a mitzvah or not, and you just t- say it flippantly as if he's the only reason, of course, everyone knows he holds there's no mitzvah to live in Israel. Like that's like as if it's a given, as if it's taken for granted. There's absolutely no discussion about it. Of course, the Rambam holds it's not a mitzvah. <laughs> that is very problematic. And I'll tell you why. The Rambam, true, it's very well known, Maimonides does not count it as one of the 613 mitzvot, right? He has a whole list of the 613 mitzvot, and lo and behold, it is missing from the count. It is not found there. And there's much discussion as to what he really holds. Does that mean that he holds there's no mitzvah? That there's no actual biblical commandment to live in the land of Israel? Or perhaps not. And for example, the Ramban right there on the spot says that he's he's wrong. He missed it and it should definitely be counted as a mitzvah. Now, we have to go to a break, so I'm going to stop right here. But we're going to pick up exactly on this point and discuss it a little bit further and then move on to the next point. So please stick with us. Don't go anywhere. We This is a very important show. There's a lot of very important issues that we are going to bring up. 
So we'll see you in just another minute. Okay, welcome back to Israel Unplugged. We're in the middle of discussing this uh, letter, this uh, article, I should say, Stop Aliyah Shaming American Jews. And we were taking, uh, um, discussing the the line where Rav Pilochowski says that even the Rambam, the sole Rishon who maintains that living in Israel isn't a mitzvah, and I am uh, really um, upset about that line because it is so not simple to say that the Rambam holds that it's not a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. Um, first of all, the main work of the Rambam is the Mishnah Torah. And in the Mishnah Torah, there are numerous, numerous halachot, which are uh, laws, Jewish laws, right, that are based on the mitzvah of living in Israel. Like, for example, the, the law about divorcing one's wife if she does not want, or the wife divorcing the husband, if they the other one doesn't want to move to Israel. If the Ramam holds that it's not a mitzvah, how come he says that you can divorce your wife to, uh, to make aliyah? How come he says that you can tell a non-Jew to write a document for you on Shabbos, if it has to do with buying a house in the land of Israel. Mishum, Yishu, and there are many, many other examples. Um, but the most, most important, uh, I think, source on this issue is the Chazonish, the great Chazonish, wrote a very short letter in which he says, the situation in the land is over-exaggerated, as is well known, and it is no worse than that of the diaspora, God forbid. And then he says, besides which, the Rambam, Maimonides, the Ramban, Nachmanides, and the other poskim, the other halachic decisors, have already decided that there is a mitzvah to dwell in Eretz Yisrael. Now, the very fact that he even puts the Rambam before the Ramban, the Ramban, Nachmanides, is the one that everyone knows that he holds that it's a mitzvah to live in Israel. And he takes it for granted, says it as 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 nonchalantly as possible, the Ramam, of course, also holds that it's a mitzvah to live in, in the land of Israel. Now, this is not the place to go through the whole halachic discussion, but you can't make a statement like this, that the Rambam says that it, it, there's no mitzvah to live in the land of Israel. That is such a big discussion. There are so, there's so much written about it. So many achronim and even rishonim have discussed it and have said that the Rambam, of course, holds that it is a mitzvah to live in the land of Israel. And they bring so many different proofs. And then just to write as if, because then you can have somebody who thinks like, okay, but I'm going to go like the Rambam. And the Rambam says there's no mitzvah to live in Israel. And the Rambam is certainly one of the greatest halachic decisors of all time. Now, now I, I have to also mention that, you know, Rabbi Pilachowski is a um, follower of a very, uh, I would say, a small group that believes um in in the Rambam being the most important and if not the only you know, uh, Rishon that that has to be considered in a halachic discussion and therefore it's very very dangerous to say that the Rambam holds that it's not a mitzvah that is such maybe you could have said 
he's the sole Rishon, according to some, who says that it's not a mitzvah. That I could understand. That I could, that I could have lived with. But anyway, we have to move on. Uh, I, I just take... Before, uh, before we do... Yeah, please. I, I just wanted to add, and then you mentioned before a response uh, from Rav Moshe Feinstein in America. You mentioned mm-hmm. the Rambam. Rav Nachman Kana, he often says that uh, Rav Moshe's tshuva, his response, is absolute greatness. First of all, before we even get into what he, Rav Nachman says about it, I have to say that Rav Moshe, and I'm sure you, you, you meant this, but I'm not sure it came out clearly, that Rav Moshe does not say it's not a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. He just says it's right. not an obligatory mitzvah, meaning if, if one does choose to live here, of course it's a mitzvah to live here. Um, Don't write and what you've said, you've said it across the board. You say that it is it is clear that everybody holds that it is for one who comes here. It is a mitzvah to live here. The question is whether it's obligatory to get up and, and move here. So um, so Rav Nachman often says on that response that the greatness of Rav Moshe Feinstein, and I would I would add to what he's saying and say that the Rambam is the same story. Both of them Moshe's that mm-hmm. both of these Moshe's left an opening for Jews to have free will to decide on their own whether they want to make the huge jump to make Aliyah and to get all the schar, all the credit that comes along with that. So he didn't say, he didn't say it's not a mitzvah. He says that, you know what? It, it, it's, it's not obligatory. You. It's up to you. You make the decision. Right. They knew very well that if they, especially in the case of Moshe in North America today, that if he were to say that it's absolutely obligatory to move to, to, to Israel, first of all, no one would listen to him. Very few people would listen to him. <laughs> but but as, as in many other cases of chuvas that I can give many examples of responses that he writ, wrote that were too much for the for the public to, to accept, and they don't accept it today, except for a select few of people, um, people wouldn't listen to him. So here he gives it the opportunity to explain to people that, you know what, it is a, it's an absolute Torah Law to live in Israel, okay? But, but, you have a choice to make, just like in all other aspects of of living today. We God has given us free will, and we can choose whether or not we want to to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. And you have the choice whether to, and he's he's given us that opportunity. The Rambam also has given us that opportunity by not adding, there's other reasons why he didn't add it to the Tariyag Mitzvah. There's all sorts of laws and and rules that he came up with in order to what should be added and what shouldn't be added. Uh, but but right. he's uh, leave, he's left this as an, an opportunity for people to exercise their free will and to get all the credit for doing so when they decide Correct. to do the right thing and make Aliyah. Correct. Rabbi Nachman's uh, uh, good friend, Rav Shalom Gold, says the same thing. And you, there's actually a video of him saying it. Uh, look on Look online. But yes, definitely. I want to move on to the next uh, paragraph. He says, American Jews who made Aliyah love talking about living in Israel. We're very proud of ourselves for the sacrifices we made. I don't see it that way. I'm not proud of myself. I don't think like I'm better than anybody else. That's why to me, this whole idea of shaming, I don't I don't shame anybody. I understand that it's a challenging thing. For me personally, it wasn't a challenge. For me personally, it's a bigger challenge to live outside the land of Israel. I don't understand how Jews can live outside the land of Israel. I, I am disgusted every time I, I leave the land of Israel. But that's something that, you know, takes takes time to develop that understanding of the of the you know the tuma the defileness of of outside of living outside Israel, but it's not because we think we're better. We made all these sacrifices. 
and you know therefore we uh, you know we we can tell those who haven't made the sacrifices how terrible you are. That's not that's not the way I feel at least. I, I think that uh, some people make big sacrifices to do it, but in the long run, it is certainly for our benefit. But I, I really want to get to the main thing. Two paragraphs later, he writes, we should never shame and guilt American Jews about living in Chutzlaretz. 100% agreed. There, now, this part, I 100% disagree, he says. There is no prohibition to live outside of Israel. In fact, the Rambam wrote a person Again, the Rambam, because he belongs to that group of Chait, Rabbi Chait students who believe that whatever the Rambam says is most important. The fact that there there are almost 100 poskim, Rishonim and Achronim, who hold that there's a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael, doesn't matter because it's the Rambam. He is the most important one to discuss. Um, not when he's outnumbered so much. You know you know the way the Shulchan Aruch uh, works, right? The Shulchan Aruch, the, the most important halachic work ever written by Rav Yosef Cairo, he himself, in his introduction to the Beit Yosef commentary on the tour, says the way he paskins, the way he decides halacha, is by taking the majority of the Rambam, the Rush, and the Rif. That means if the Rush and the Rif disagree with the Rambam, he's going to paskin, he's going to decide like the Rush and the Rif. That's if two against one. Here it's everybody against possibly, possibly against the Rambam, against Again, most people, I would say most Achronim understand the Rambam also holds it's a mitzvah. But okay, let's even say that he holds it's not a mitzvah. The vast majority disagrees. So, but anyway, getting back to his statement, he says, in fact, the Rambam wrote, a person can live wherever they choose except Egypt. So I have to uh, I have to uh, comment on this. There is no prohibition to live outside of Israel. It is, again, according to most opinions, a mitzvah aseh, a positive Torah commandment to live in the land of Israel. Is there no prohibition not to wear tefillin? Is there no t- prohibition not to put on tzitzis? There's no negative prohibition. There's no, you're, you don't transgress a negative commandment, but you do what's called mevatel. You do ignore a positive commandment in the Torah. And so to just flippantly say there's no prohibition to live outside of Israel, again, as if that's understood by everybody, as if everyone agrees with that. That is so not true. Many people understand very simply, since there's a mitzvah to live in the land of Israel, therefore those who don't are doing something wrong. They, again, are not transgressing a negative command, and that brings us to the next statement. When the Rambam wrote a person can live wherever they choose except Egypt, that doesn't mean you can live anywhere you want. It's because living in Egypt is a negative commandment, because it says, Lo tashuv baderech hazeh, I forget the exact verse, but it says you're not allowed to go back there. There is a lotase. There is a negative commandment to go back to Egypt, and there's no negative to com- com- commandment to live anywhere else. And plus, there are times when we are in Galut, when it is impossible to live in, in, in Israel, then a Jew can live anywhere he wants in the world except Egypt, right? But that doesn't mean that he holds that there's no... Isur, there's no prohibition to live outside the land of Israel when the land of Israel is available for the Jewish people. In fact, the Rambam himself in Mitzvah Kuf Nun Gimel, the famous Kiddush HaChodesh, he says that the whole basis of, of our religion, 
our religion would basically cease to exist if we didn't have the land of Israel, which is a Rambam that people who claim that he holds it's not a mitzvah, they have to see that mitzvah kufnun gimel. Okay, we have to go to a break again, and we'll be right back. Please don't go anywhere. So we were just discussing this idea of the Rambam, Maimonides, saying that there is not a commandment to live in Israel, according to uh, Rabbi Uri, that says the, his opinion. Uh, according to, of course, there are many people that disagree with that. But I would argue, in addition to what Rabbi Lichtman has said until now, that he is looking in a very, very narrow way at the, at the Rambam, that he is he's taking the letter of the law and ignore completely ignoring the spirit of the law. When you speak about there not being a negative commandment, so that is true. There's not again, it's not listed in the negative commandments, but there are many Talmudic passages which clearly show how negative it is to live outside of the land of Israel. It's compared to somebody who doesn't have a god. It's better to be to be living in a place that's completely full of idol worshipers here in the land of Israel than to be in, a, in, in, in Lakewood uh, in America. It doesn't say Lakewood, but, but you understand where I'm getting. <laughs> in a city so, that majority are Jewish. So that's I just like thinking exactly. of Lakewood, that's all. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> but, but my point is that if you look at the, 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 the many, many sources, and even the most modern-day sources, old sources like the, the Kuzuri that, that says that that we, you have ashamed me by not by 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 pointing out our fault that, that we are we are not coming back to Israel when we have the opportunity to modern day rabbis like Rabbi Wallerstein Zatzal, the rabbi that just passed away several months ago, where he has a, a scathing uh, video where he says, "We're I'm I'm a rabbi here in America. And I'm doing the wrong thing. I understand." that I don't belong here. This is the, the, we are going against the grain of, of, of the destiny of the Jewish people by being here. And I understand that I'm doing the wrong thing. I admit that I'm doing the first step by admitting I'm doing the wrong thing. It's just too hard for me. For whatever reason, it's too hard for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging all of my students to go to Israel. And I'm going to work on myself to continue. And there are rabbis today that say the same thing. Rabbi Karabkin, the head of the, uh, of the RCA, rabbi in Toronto, he said, who translated, translated the Kuzari, he says that, 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 that clearly that is his goal to get everybody to immediately get up and move because that is clearly the destiny of the Jewish people to come here. It is, it is wrong for them to be there. As, as the Nevi'im, as the prophets say, it is a chilul Hashem. It is a desecration of God's name for Jews to be outside right. of the land of Israel where they have the opportunity to come right. home. Right. I want to emphasize what you're saying is that there is so many, I mean, how many books have I written already on this topic? There are hundreds, if not more, thousands of sources on the importance of living in Israel. But but to focus on the Rambam, that's all, just one or two statements of the Rambam, that's it. Therefore, it's simple that it's not a mitzvah and you're doing nothing wrong by staying outside the land of Israel is just so short-sighted. It's so, it's it's unfair. It's really unfair and it and it doesn't do justice to the halachic process, because we don't just quote one person and say, oh, that's it. There's nothing more to talk about. I, I, I also, <laughs> you're talking about great rabbis today. Did you see that uh, video on on the WhatsApp group that where we share 
Ohave um, Eretz Yisrael, they, they posted twice already now a speech that the Belzer Rebbe, Hasidic yes. Rebbe, gave in, in Antwerp, I think he was. Could you imagine he was invited to a Hanukkah Bayit, a, a groundbreaking ceremony or whatever, a celebration for the opening of a new school, whatever it was. And you know what he said to them? He said, what are you doing here in Chutzlaret? I mean, you're talking about Aliyah shaming. So, Ravuri, go to the Belzer Rebbe and ask, why did he just shame hundreds of Jews who were sitting there and invited him to come speak? And he said, what are you doing there? There's so much great Torah in Eretz Yisrael. Why are you still in Chutzlaretz? Why? He literally said those words. You have to see this video. I, I wonder where where people can get it. Josh, maybe you can tell us. Maybe, Besides, we'll, maybe, maybe we'll post it, we'll on, post it. On, on my website, on okay. timetoleave.com. Please, please post it there. Please, you know, maybe even make a... Add English subtitles that has Hebrew subtitles because the speech that. was in the speech was in, in Yiddish. <laughs> anyway, getting back to what we're saying, Ravuri then says it is wholly unjustifi- unjustified to rebuke someone when they're doing nothing wrong. To say that a Jew in 2022 or Tufshin Pei Bet is doing nothing wrong by staying outside the land of Israel is just not understanding history. We are living at a time where God has given us the land back. God wants to redeem us. That's another one. Uh, Josh, you must post on your on your um, uh, on your website that other video that uh, was also on the our, our WhatsApp group. I don't know who who did it, but he also like spoke. There was beautiful pictures of Eretz Yisrael while he was speaking. Did you see that one? Unbelievable. Sure. Go back a few like yesterday or the day before. Unbelievable video. It was in English mm-hmm. about you know about Tisha B'av. What are we waiting for? We 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 can bring the gula ourselves. We just have to come back. Hashem is giving us the opportunity to come back. And to say that you know there's it's unjustified to rebuke someone when they're doing nothing wrong. Now that's a different discussion. Whether the rebuke is going to help and how to say the rebuke and definitely not to say it in a way of shaming. That I agree. But that it shouldn't be said and that we should only say nice things. Oh, you're doing nothing wrong. Go stay where you are. What's wrong? Oh, but you know what? It's really nice to live in Israel. It's not going to work. You have to make it understood that that we're living at very important times. By the way, I think at this point I will also mention a beautiful idea from Rav Herschel Schachter, Shalita, our Rebbe, who in his article in the RJJ Journal when he discusses the mitzvah of living in Israel, at the very end he says – Every generation has a mitzvah of the hour, and he proves it from the famous midrash about that the Jews in Egypt were saved because they didn't change their names or their their dress or their language. And Rav Shechter asks, asks, where do we see that these are such important things? Not to you have to have a Jewish name, that you have to speak the holy tongue, and that you can't dress differently. When do we find that those are such important mitzvot? The answer is that at that in that generation, it was the mitzvah of the hour. It was the most important mitzvah because that's what kept the Jews Jewish. And says Rav Shechter, in our generation, when God gave us back the land of Israel, the most the the mitzvah of the hour. That's exactly what he calls it. The mitzvah of the hour is the mitzvah of living in Israel, and that brings me. I'm Wait, skipping, that, 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 and, and the Rambam would not enumerate it as one of the 613 for that just for that exact reason because it's not it's not part of the 613 that are written right. in the Torah. But these, the, these, 
Right. Again, One of the I, answers. I I would go back to saying that it, 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 it's, it's narrowly looking at the letter of the law instead of taking in the spirit of the law. Correct. A little later on in the article, he says, Aliyah is important, but it isn't one of the most fundamental mitzvot in the Torah. <laughs> that also just boggles my mind. Again, as I just said, it is definitely the mitzvah of the hour. In our generation, it is one of the most important mitzvot in the Torah. And besides which, just because it's not one of the thir- the 13, he, he writes right after that, um, listening to some Israelis, you get the sense that they consider Aliyah the 14th fundamental of Jewish faith. No, we, no, we don't. But on the other hand, it might be one of the most important things for a Jew to do in our, in our day and age. Number one, as I just explained, there's the mitzvah of the hour. But number two, Again, we're talking about Rambam. Rambam is the only important important person. Let's not talk about anybody else. No one else is important. Only the Rambam. Because the Rambam is the one who formulated those 13 principles of faith, correct? But, hello, do you know that the, the rabbis say in only seven places, only about seven mitzvot, that they are equal to all the other mitzvot? Are you going to tell me that that's not a fundamental of Judaism? Shabbos? Avodah meaning believing in one God, Talmud Torah, learning Torah. Is that one of the 13 principles of faith that, that a Jew has to learn Torah? As far as I know, it's not. But is anybody going to argue that learning Torah is not one of the most important things that a Jew can do? Similarly, living in the land of Israel is one of the seven mitzvot that are equal to all the rest. How could you just ignore that and say, it's not, it's important, but it's not one of the most fundamental mitzvot in the Torah? Yes, it is. It is the only place where we can keep all the mitzvot. Eretz Yisrael is the only place that allows us to keep all the mitzvot in the Torah. And it is the only place where we have a, a, um, a an intimate relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the God up in heaven. We can't have that when we're far away from him. This is where his Shechina dwells. To just, again, focus on one opinion, the Rambam, and uh, is... Unfortunately, I, I've had this discussion with Ravori many, many times about his uh, his uh, uh, shita. How do you say shita? His position on opinion. this, uh, uh, his opinion on this issue of, you know, the the, the rabbis he he follows and and the, the style of learning that he does. It, it is, I think, it's not it's not accepted. Certainly not acceptable accepted by most of the the Torah world, um, and and it, and it leads to mistakes. And this is, I think, one of those major, major mistakes. To write a sentence like that, Aliyah is important, but it isn't one of the most fundamental mitzvot in the Torah, is a big problem. I have a beautiful argue, uh, article you should all look at in Eretz Yisrael and the Parsha and Parshat Re'eh coming up where I discuss this because I also once got a letter, the, who are you? Why do you put so much emphasis on the on on living in Israel? It's not so important. Only Torah and God, and God are, are important. It, it, give me a break. It, you know, according to you, according to you, the Chavitz Chaim wasted his time because he wrote how many books about the Lashon Hara? Is Lashon Hara one of the fundamentals of Judaism? No. But you know what? The, the Chavitz Chaim felt that it was extremely important to emphasize, to emphasize this in his generation. And therefore, the same thing here, and here is even more so, because living in Israel is one of the seven mitzvot that are equal to all the rest, and Lashon Hara is not. And certainly, to emphasize this mitzvah of living in Israel, which is the only mitzvah that brings us, the, brings us to do or allows us to do all the other mitzvot, 
it's it's very narrow sighted to to make a statement like that that living in Israel is not one of the most important mitzvot in the Torah. It, it's, I think it's, it's a, a perfect time yeah. To, to yeah. plug your website, which we didn't do in the beginning. <laughs> That's Torazion, okay. Torazion. 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 Which, right. uh, which you can get the book that uh, Rabbi Lichtman just mentioned and his other books. Uh, so yes. So Correct. definitely thank go you. to Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, okay, we got to go back now to a different thing that Rav Ari said. He said, America in 2021 is not Germany in 1938. While anti-Semitism is on the rise, most Jews are safe and haven't personally experienced anti-Semitism. Judging America, okay, then he said something else that's not important right now. Israelis are out of touch when they tell Americans they need to move to Israel before it's too late for them. You know, I should really let you talk because you're the one who started right from the beginning. But I, I wanted—I just want to say one the very, very, very important thing to my dear, beloved friend and like a son, Ravari Pilichowski. You and I both remember hearing your Rebbe, you who consider Rav Sinai Adler to be one of your greatest rabbeim who you followed like, like nobody else. We both heard him say many, many times on Yom HaShoah or Asarab Teve when he would speak about the Holocaust. He was a survivor of the Holocaust. And he said he has in his possession a copy of the Mishnah that was printed in Germany prior to World War II. And in that, in the introduction, written in German, in the introduction to the Mishnah, it was, I think it was a translation of the Mishnah into German. So in the introduction, written in German, it said, wherever it says in the Mishnah, it talks derogatorily about the non-Jews. Like, for example, there's a Mishnah that you're not allowed to get a haircut with uh, by a non-Jew because he might kill you and all these different statements is not talking about the Jew, the, the Gentiles amongst who we live. We, the Gentiles amongst, who we, uh, amongst whom we live, are, are cultured and good people, and these statements don't apply to them. That's what the German Jews felt and believed prior to World War II. To make a statement that... that you know, okay, so anti-Semitism is on the rise, but most Jews are safe and haven't personally experienced anti-Semitism. And I agree, you can't tell somebody, you better get out of there quickly or else, you know, you're going to be put into concentration camps. No one is going to say, uh, well, maybe Josh, you might say that. But <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm not, not only do I say it, and we don't have time during this show to go through it, but I had the pleasure this week, that last week of taking Ben Shapiro around and we discussed his speech that he made. But even Ben Shapiro, um, who, who's not a rabbi, admittedly, but he, even he recognized as a historian that the arrogance of a Jew to say, what kind of Jew would have the arrogance to say that it could not happen here, understanding all the tragedies and calamities that have happened to the Jewish people throughout history and all the times that the Jews said over and over again, it can't happen here, it can't happen to us. And yet it did. And for any Jew that has any understanding of history to say such a thing as it can't happen here in America, we're much greater than that. We're not Germany. That's exactly what the Germans were saying. The German Jews were saying before the right. war that it can't happen here. This is Germany. So, right. so I, I, exactly. 
like I said about Rav Sinai's Mishnayot, and that I always say, and that Rav Ori, I heard him say it many times. And again, I want to I want to make it clear. I am not I'm not a prophet. I don't know when and how what's going to happen. And and I don't and I also believe that you can't overemphasize it because you might be proven wrong, you know, and it might not happen in in this person's lifetime. I'm not going to tell him you better get out of there quickly or who knows what's going to happen. But you have to make the Jews living outside the land of Israel to remember that we are not permanent anywhere in the world. We've always, every single exile has ended in calamity for the Jewish people. There's nothing wrong with pointing that out to our fellow Jews, not in a shaming way, but in a very caring way and say, listen, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen, what's going to happen. But, you know, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to be a Jew anywhere outside the land of Israel. And I know it's actually dangerous to be a Jew in Israel. Nowadays also, there's anti-Semitism here also. And we once discussed that. I told you the story of Rav Cook and what he said, the difference between the uh, the, the, the anti-Semitism in Israel and outside of Israel. But I, I, we won't get into that right now. But uh, I think that it, it is... Uh, I, I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked that that someone can say that. And and I think it's probably one of the one of the issues is, and I've said this many times. He as he writes, most Jews are safe and haven't personally experienced anti-Semitism. I think part of the reason that I love Israel and I came and made Aliyah was because I did personally experience anti-Semitism, and I say that it's a negative thing. That there were like the 30 years in between when I you know, was growing up. And, and a lot of my students, I, I would say these things. They were like, they, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like they never, ever experienced anti-Semitism. And okay, on the one hand, Baruch Hashem, thank God, you know, people are being nice. But on the other hand, it's a negative thing because then they don't realize that they're not at home. They don't realize that, you know, it, one day it's going to blow up. One day things are going to change. The, the, the We see it throughout history. The Goyim, the, the non-Jews do not like us. And they they tolerate us here and there, and we all know the famous statement of uh, Rashi brings right that's in the Gemara that halachahi esav soneliakov. It's a halacha. It's a well known fact of history that the non Jews don't like us. So if we have an opportunity to come back to Israel, we have to take that opportunity for many good reasons, like Ravari point, points out, for all the positive reasons. But we can't ignore and just like, you know, hide the fact that there's also anti-Semitism going, going on and there's some major changes being made throughout the world. And we don't know what's going to happen. Therefore, it's time to come before it's too late. Not because I know something terrible is going to happen in the near future. I don't know that. But I do know that eventually the the galut the diaspora of america is going to end and the jews are going to have to come to israel so why not come right now i, Any, I would anything, add to that yeah. i would add that it's, it's that the dangers of jews being and i i'm on record for many years now saying that the jews in america are in danger i was in, on record in saying that in pittsburgh when i was in pittsburgh before the shooting um not that i foresaw the the, the actual shooting but it, it, to me, the writing is on the wall. And I would, I would just add to what you said, that the dangers that are, may not be experienced by everyone at this point, the physical dangers, if you look at the spiritual side of things and the spiritual dangers of what's going on in America today, no one, no Jew in America can say that they are not experiencing a spiritual danger, that what's happening to the Jewish people in America with a 70 to 90% assimilation rate, can you can anybody argue 
that the Jews are not being wiped out by ourselves in America today? When you when 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 I tell people that if your chances are that if you're in America today, your grandchildren will not be Jewish. Those are just the statistics. That's just math. You can't argue right. those facts. If right. Of course, the religious. There's a four percent assimilation rate here. Your children, your grandchildren will be Jewish, at least if they're here. This is not right. something that you can argue that there is a spiritual right. danger that is equal, if not worse, than the physical danger. Mm -hmm. Right. And not only intermarriage, it's a spiritual danger, as we said before. Uh, the rabbis say that anybody who lives outside of Israel is like one who has no God, is like one who's serving foreign, foreign gods. Uh, you know, Ravuri should should turn to Chazal, to the rabbis, and say, how are you shaming uh, you know, Jews who live outside the land of Israel? Why are you calling them Obdeh Avodah Why are you calling them godless? Because that's, that is the Chazal are teaching us that sometimes that's what has to be said. Jews have to understand, don't get comfortable outside the land of Israel. That's not where we belong. That's not where we can reach our potential. I want to say, make one more point, uh, at least, and where we're getting close to the end of the show, so I'm going to try to make this quick. Ravuri writes in the end of the second to last paragraph, I'm fascinated by the psychological phenomenon that leads Americans who made Aliyah to reprimand American Jews for not making Aliyah. I do not reprimand, first of all, do not reprimand, but I don't even, it sounds from this statement that it's as if, you know, we have this superiority complex that, you know, why aren't you doing what we did? You know, why didn't you make the move? Why didn't you make that sacrifice like we did? We're so much better than you. We have this, you know, we're superior to you. That is not the issue in the slightest. We are begging our brothers and sisters, especially now two days before Tisha B'Av, we are begging them to come and make Aliyah in order to expedite the final redemption so that we have no longer, no more tragedies in the Jewish people, so that the Beit HaMikdash, the temple is rebuilt. There is an amazing Gemara that says, in Gemara in Yuma, Daf Tet nine B, and we've uh, discussed it many times. Where Rabbi Bar Barchana was swimming in the uh, in the ocean, in the river, sorry, and Rav Resh Lakish, uh, no, sorry, Resh Lakish was swimming in the in the uh, river, and Rabbi Bar Barchana put out his hand to help him out, and Resh Lakish said, "By God, I hate you," and Rashi explains. I hate all of you Babylonian Jews. See, Rabbi Barbachana came from Babel, Babylonia, and Rish Lakish was a real Israeli Jew. And he said, I hate you. And Rashi says, why? Because you didn't come back with Ezra. When Ezra came back to rebuild the second temple, you did, You guys stayed in, in Babel in Babylonia. And because of you, the redemption was short-lived. The Beit HaMikdash only stood for 420 years and was eventually destroyed. And it learns out from a Pasuk in Shirashirim that the reason is because the Jews didn't come back. Had the Jews come back en masse, the second temple would have been the final temple. There would have been no more destruction, no more exile, and we never would have had to suffer a Holocaust or any of the other terrible, uh, terrible tragedies that we've suffered in the last 2,000 years. And and then Rav Tachtal, the name of Anim Smecha, brings other places where we find similar statements in the, the writings of the rabbis that, that there was this hatred that Israeli Jews had for 
non-Israeli Jews, the Jews who were from Chutz Laaretz, who were in Bavel. And it wasn't because of a superiority issue. It wasn't because we're better than you. We're, we're keeping this mitzvah and you're not. You're terrible. It was because you are the ones who ruined it for all of us. And that's why we have to, it, it can't just be like Ravuri says, you know, just tell everybody about the nice things about Israel. It's so beautiful to be here. No, we that for sure you have to say. But you also have to emphasize the Geula is waiting for you people to come. We are all sitting here waiting and suffering because you're not doing your part of the deal. You're not taking upon your responsibility to come and be part of the Geula process and to come back so that it doesn't happen. You know, uh, um, Josh, you told me that you also had an argument about the issue of, you know, where does it say? Show me one place where it says that, uh, I have it written down here, you know, that that the Galut, the exile is extended by not coming back to Eretz Yisrael. That Gemara is the source. The Gemara says that it's because Jews didn't come back with Ezra. That's why the second Israel was eventually destroyed. We can't have Geula if we're not going to accept the Geula. If we, if God redeems us and gives us back our land and we reject it, so Hashem's going to say, I don't, so, okay, you don't want redemption. I won't give you redemption. I'll send you back into Galut or I'll, or I'll extend the Galut. I will extend the diaspora and the, the uh, um, Galut, the exile, right? Uh, that is the source. And the source is also, you mentioned the Kuzari. The Kuzari says that the Jerusalem will only be rebuilt when the Jewish people yearn for it. Like, like uh, you know, like the Pasuk says, they have to desire the stones of Eretz Yisrael, they have to want the stones of Eretz Yisrael and the, and the dirt of Eretz Yisrael, they have to roll around in the dirt of Eretz Yisrael out of love. That's when the Geula is going to happen. So that's why it's not because we feel superior to those who we're not giving them Musr because we think we're holier than thou. We're giving them Musr because we are waiting for them. It, they are the ones who are holding things up. We're waiting for you. It's not a hatred. It's not a, it's not a shaming. We're not shaming. And again, you have to be very careful how to say it. Of course, we can't shame people, but we have to tell them as it is, like it is. Jews, get Pick up, come to Eretz Yisrael. This is where our destiny is. This is where, this is where it's at. And and if you don't, you are risking pushing off the the ultimate goal. And you're hurting us also. Forget about hurting yourself. You don't care about yourself. Very nice. What about us? Don't you care about us? We want the Gula. We want the redemption to happen. And you are are causing it to to be delayed. I have so much more I can say on this, but I love you, Ravuri. But I think that um, uh, you have to you have to write a new article. Let's put it that way. Um, and we have to emphasize this mitzvah. This is the mitzvah of the hour. We have to put so much emphasis on this to our fellow Jews and make them understand. And by the way, you said something about with so many more, more important things to rebuke uh, Jews about and tell them to keep Shabbos and all the other things. One hundred percent, but. You know what? That's going to happen when they come back to Israel. There's a lot of Jews who don't keep Torah mitzvah, but if they would be in Eretz Israel, there's a famous, you know, I've quoted this also many times in Yechezkel, when Yechezkel talks about God sprinkling 
the purifying waters upon the Jewish people and, you know, making them serve him properly. It's only after they first come to Eretz Yisrael. The, the ultimate tshuva, like Rav Yonatan Eibeshit says, the ultimate tshuva, that tshuva means redem, uh, repentance, that is necessary for the geula to come, is the repentance of returning to the land of Israel. That's the first step. Afterwards, everything else will fall into place. This is a very lukewarm uh, article. Any, if I was, if I wasn't who I am, and I would read this article, I would say, "Oh, great! <laughs> I'm staying in America. I have no reason to come to Israel." Okay, so it's beautiful there. Okay, so the future of the Jew. I don't care. I'm very happy where I am. And here now, I have a a a a a heter, a gushpanka, as they say in Hebrew. I don't know how to say that. Uh, uh, you know, a stamp of approval, a stamp of approval from Rabbi Uri Pilachowski that I could stay in America. I have no reason. It's not such an important mitzvah to go to Israel. Eh, you know what? Anti-Semitism isn't so bad in America. I I think that 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 um, it's a very dangerous dangerous article, and um, I hope I have. Uh, you know, explain myself well, although um, it would really take much more. Um, but I really thank you all for listening. And Josh, you want to maybe, you know, you want to end it end off to give us one more uh, something? Sure. Sure. I, I just want to say two things just to, to emphasize what you've already said. One is that the words that we use to try to speak to other people and convince them uh, what is right Sometimes those words can be seen as harsh, but one, if one looks, if one's willing to be sensitive to that, uh, of what we have in mind, what our intention is, when we see our brothers and our sisters that are on the brink of disaster on one hand, on the other hand, they have the opportunity of a lifetime in front of them. And they're right there making, about to make that decision, whether they're going to go off the cliff or where they're going, they're going to go to, to the to the the, the uh, how does uh, Martin Luther King say it? He's he's on the top of the mountain. He's looking over at the promised land, just like Moses, right? So so mm-hmm. they're at they're on the top of the mountain. They're seeing that they're at the, at that at that pinnacle right there, and they get to choose which side they're going to do. They're going to go to the Harabracha, to the to the the mountain of blessing, or the 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 mountain of curses. And at that point. And you, you, you're speaking, and I, happen, I do this every single day. I speak to Jews, and this is exactly when I speak to a Jew about moving to Israel. This is what I have in mind. This might be just like, by the way, this is something that is a, a general rule in, in, in Kiruv. When you're speaking to Jews that are, that are, uh, that are not observant, and you, want, you, and, you, and you get to meet them on a college campus, you get to meet them at a, at a Shabbat meal, you have to think to yourself that this might be the only opportunity that you have to save this person. Imagine, and, and Rav Noach Weinberg used to say this, he used to say, imagine that the person that's in front of you is about to get on a train to Auschwitz. And this is the only opportunity, your talk to him right now is the only opportunity you have to convince him not to get onto that train. How passionate will you be when you make that plea to them to, to do the right thing? And that is that that passion is what Israelis have and this is Israelis across the board. I hear it all the time. I just heard the other day, somebody said to me, yeah, you, I just heard this whole speech just from the taxi driver, the not religious taxi driver that we drove in. Jews here understand that this is the place to be and we are passionate about it and we want to provide that wisdom to our brothers and sisters around. And I want to say one more thing, last thing, which is, and we started with this, Rabbi Uri, this is your position 
being the director of education for Nefesh Nefesh, it makes you at a completely different level than just another rabbi. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I'm, I think of the the, uh, the passage that is mentioned in the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. It says, of Talian used to say, sages, be careful with your words, lest you incur the penalty, the penalty of exile, and be carried off to a place of evil waters, and the disciples who follow your drink and die, and thus the name of heaven becomes profaned. You in your position, of all positions, being the head of education for such an illustrious organization that's involved in Aliyah, you have to be more careful than anyone else in the words that you say, because someone like what you just said, you just said that somebody's going to hear that, and they're going to use that as their anchor, as their excuse to say, we don't need Aliyah. What is the point of it? We have a, the rabbi of Nefesh Benefesh says that you don't have to. It's not a mitzvah. So you have to be so much more sensitive and so much more careful with your words when you're speaking in your in your position than anyone else. And I, and I thank you so much for your passion, because I know that you do work on a daily basis to do amazing work. And I hope that you will listen to this this radio show that we just had and to take some of the 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 the. the some of the Musa that we're giving you because we really mean it in, in the best way that you should continue and, 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 and continue to uh, in, in your, influence in your people position and influence people in, in the proper way. Yes. Thank you. So okay. Much. Thank you, everybody. We will see you again next week on Thursdays. We're going to do it on Thursdays from now on. Bye-bye. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us.
by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.